Welcome back to Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest, back to you with episode 8 of She-Hulk. We are already at episode 8. How fast this season has flown, even though it's like a longer Marvel season than we're used to getting from the other Marvel seasons. I know a lot of other shows are roughly around like 6 episodes. This show is has chosen to go with 9 episodes. Lead writer and creator Jessica Gao decided that or I'm assuming had some big part in that decision making process or it could have just been Disney slash Marvel uh, that made that decision you never know what goes on behind the scenes uh, this early on but I'm sure there will be more to come out in the making of She-Hulk each Marvel show and some of the movies so far have come out with uh, assembled the making of um, and that particular show that has come out and I haven't even seen all of them this Marvel Maniac hasn't even seen all of them and I have to be honest because it's in the name Mr. Honest it's a catch-22 for me um, but I'm going to go watch some of those probably when I'm done with She-Hulk and then start covering some of the shows that I miss in this downtime that I had uh, pre-She-Hulk but enough about future plans today we're here for an episode of she-Hulk Attorney at Law. I'll say it one more time. She-Hulk. <laughs> Saying her name a lot. Uh, but hey, that's the name of the show right now. Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. We're going crazy over what's happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And today is episode 8, Ribbit and Ribbit. She-Hulk represents Leapfrog, who was injured due to a malfunction in his custom-made super suit. So this is it. This is the episode where we finally will get to meet Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil. And this is what the fans have been waiting for. And uh, personally, I've had a lot of patience for it because I've just enjoyed the show a lot as it's been happening. But I know that a lot of fans um, of Daredevil are like here for Daredevil um, at She-Hulk, you know. But I, I have a feeling that a lot of people have, you know, showed up for Daredevil and stayed for She-Hulk because this show has really given a lot of promise and heart and she's definitely made her mark and said i'm here to stay i'm a superhero that's going to be in the marvel cinematic universe for the rest of its run if not longer yeah i'm i'm, I'm pumped for that i just can't wait personally to see whatever else she hulk will get herself into in her time in the marvel cinematic universe the team-ups are inevitable and they are thrilling to think about just the idea of her fighting alongside the avengers or even a team like Daredevil's The Defenders, like on a street level um, superhero adventure. She could be on something like that too. And our previously on, Jennifer tells Bruce that she's not going to be a superhero. He responds to her, then what else are you going to do as a Hulk? We get a montage of some of the misadventures of She-Hulk um, in a series of scenes. She starts twerking with Megan the Stallion. We see her with her date on the couch. We see her carrying water jugs for her dad. It shows her arriving at Lulu's wedding, and then it shows her twerking with Megan the Stallion again. Yeah, that is, that is a good sum of, like, She-Hulk just gets down. And she's sort of the life of the party. In the previously on, we're also reminded of the super suit that was made for her, that creepy guy who referred to her as a specimen, and Josh. Who could forget Josh at the end of last week's episode? Uh, who knows what he's fully capable of? And we're, I'm sure to find out a little bit more about that this week. We're also reminded that Jennifer was nominated for Female Lawyer of the Year. A lot of accolades for a She-Hulk. Also about the site Intelligentsia, the kind of hub that Josh is working from, and most likely that guy who referred to her as a specimen. And that other guy who was at the retreat, who totally got away from any questioning from She-Hulk because of that retreat. Episode starts with two guys taking 
giant TVs out of an electronics store. It looks like they might be stealing them, but no worries. A figure knocks the TV from their hands. He tells them that the store might be closed, but you forgot about the guard frog. From atop the van, he leaps at them with a flying sidekick. He misses and sort of pathetically rolls on the ground. Robbers ask each other what's a guard frog, and the other says, I think it's his name. He tells them his name is Leapfrog, just acting like he's the guard frog in this particular instance. Jen in her office asks the man who's out of his suit at this point, you announce yourself as the guard frog? He says, yeah, but my name is Leapfrog. And she says, yes, that has been noted several times, Mr. Patilio. She asks him about his defective suit, in quotes, and he starts to tell the story and we go back to the scene and he says, I was surrounded by these huge guys. He does all of these moves that like he probably thinks look awesome, but don't. And he gets his Leapfrog butt handed to him. His suit looks pretty cool, though. He tries to flee the scene while saying, Time to rip it and rip it, title of this week's episode, and booster rockets on his boots launch him into the sky, but they fizzle out and he plummets back to the ground, and his suit catches on fire. He complains to Jennifer that he has third degree burns because of this. He insists he deserves justice for all his pain and anguish and everything he's gone through. He put himself through this, in a sense, didn't he? He seems to clearly be pretty deep in the superhero business, like he really wants to be a superhero. But I have a hard time believing that with a better suit, that this man would be a better superhero. I just, I, I don't believe it. Jen does say that this does seem to be a pretty clear case of manufacturer's defect. Negligence, strict liability, and breach of warranty. I do believe you are owed compensatory damages, she says. This makes him so excited. He starts spinning in his chair. Now she asks the name of the manufacturer of the suit, and it is Luke Jacobson. He specializes in super suits, he tells her. Well, she knows this. She breaks the fourth wall and says, oh shit, to us. She explains to Holloway the situation that, you know, Jacobson's the only guy that she can go to for her suits because of her unique physique, gesturing towards the fact that she is a whole. She asks him if Pug could take this one. Apparently, Mr. Patilio is one of their biggest clients and not the leapfrog man but the dad yes his dad is apparently a bigger wig that has to do with jen's law firm and to keep this guy happy jen's gonna have to take this case holloway says it's important to keep the patilios happy and eugene is also very excited to have a hulk on the case and they're willing to sign a conflict waiver to have you miss walters he tells her Jen argues that she believes she will be ethically compromised in representing a client against Jacobson. Because I like my nice clothes and I don't want to piss him off, she says. <laughs> That's a great point. Holloway argues that she signed a conflict waiver in a case more personal than this one before, and Jen argues back that she would love to not be in that position again, which is completely fair. Uh, why would you be? Why would you want to be in that awkward position of dealing with somebody you know um, at court? He also adds that he's making her a dress for the gala, which I'm assuming might be happening at the season finale or maybe even this episode. I'm watching this episode as I record this. As she leaves Holloway's office, she says, ribbit and ribbit, and he says, yes, ribbit and ribbit indeed. Oh my goodness. Hulk arrives at Luke's office as he's pinning a dress to a mannequin. He says, Jennifer, do not rush me. I told you your dress will not be ready until Friday. You want to look good for your lawyer award, right? He asks her. She tells him very uncomfortably that she has some unpleasant business and that she's been retained by a client who suffered serious injuries due to a dysfunctional suit that he sold him. He says, excuse me, I've never made a defective suit in my life. My work is impeccable. Jen says, trust me, I'm not happy to be doing this. He says, I'm not trusting you after you just lumbered in here and stabbed me in the back. Jen, trying so hard, says, well, there's no lawsuit yet. And there won't be if you just take some responsibility for some of my client's injuries. He gets in her face and says, I do not make suits that malfunction. My work speaks for itself. 
he starts talking to the dress that's on the mannequin and he says what did you say oh she hope will never get a suit by luke jacobson ever again and he rips it off the mannequin and she is so shocked by this she says i prepaid for that he gets really mean and he says you shouldn't have betrayed me you greasy old buffalo you are blocked blacklisted and reported she replies to him a little more angrily this time and says now i'm gonna take you down he replies to her i hope it's not down to wherever it is you get your ugly clothes from ouch she yells back at him see you in court she almost walks into the door and it opens for her and he says goodbye tragedy that escalated so fast between them we get our title card, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Oblivious Mr. Honest has no idea where this could be going so very fast and how one of our amazing heroes can be introduced into the show so, so, so quickly. In the court, Judge Price says, Mr. Jacobson, I see you are presently without counsel. Are you representing yourself? Jen knocks down Patilio's feet off of the desk, which he has just, like, kicked up. You know, he's clearly not in, like, a ton of pain from his injury. However, if true, I mean, he did get really injured from the suit. Something tells me he just added the things himself that hurt him. He seems like the type of person who would like really want to modify his suit. Representing himself, start planning on how you're going to spend all your new money, Jen tells Patilio. Jacobson says, of course I'm not representing myself, your honor. I'm not a fool. Just as the judge is asking, then where's your counsel? The counsel walks in. The door opens and Matt Murdock enters wearing sunglasses and tapping his white cane in front of himself. Let's go! Matt Murdock has made it into the show, finally! I'm here, he tells the judge, and as She-Hulk's giving him a once-over, apologies for the tardiness, your honor. I had trouble finding parking. He says, I'm just kidding, my driver got lost. My name is Matthew Murdock, representing Mr. Jacobson in this case. I might have to start paraphrasing Matt Murdock, but he says, as a first point of order, I'd like to ask that the opposing counsel's motion to compound production of the defendant's client list be rejected, as it's not relevant to the litigation. Jen breaks the fourth wall and says, who's this asshole? Well, what you know, Matt was saying in that very you know complex string of words, he, he doesn't want the client i mean he doesn't want the client list uh of jacobson to get out there meaning he doesn't want daredevil daredevil's existence to be known by everyone um it will be very easy for people to piece together his secret identity something that she hulk doesn't really know anything about which is which i wonder if they'll get into in this episode your honor jen says i believe this information could be incredibly relevant given the nature of the complaint be multiple instances of mr jacobson's other clients sustaining injuries from faulty merchandise Murdoch replies, I believe Ms. Walters will find that Mr. Jacobson's record, as it pertains to customer satisfaction, to be spotless. If the defendant has nothing to hide, then why not hear from his client, she says. Murdoch replies, that's an invasion of privacy based on a very shaky what-if. This is a very common procedure in product liability lawsuits. She goes on, it is material to the case whether this type of malfunction has affected other people. There is no inherent right to privacy when employing Mr. Jacobson's tailoring services. Matt argues a fair point and says we're not just talking about a product here. The very nature of Mr. Jacobson's line of work, making suits exclusively for superheroes, necessitates anonymity. May I remind you that the Sokovia Accords have been repealed. How great is that to hear Matt Murdock talk about the Sokovia Accords, bringing him into our universe and having him deal with some of the actual law uh, that has been laid down in it. Jen goes on to argue that superheroes operate in the public eye. And as public figures, it is assumed that there will be some loss of privacy. Matt argues that the distinction here is we're not talking about celebrities, but superheroes who have enemies who will try to harm them, and the people close to them. The ones who didn't ask to be a part of this life, he looks at her. Miss Walters chose to have her identity be public, but she can't choose for everyone else. He goes on that this isn't about privacy pr for privacy's sake. If this information is not protected, not only would it ruin my client's career, it could put a lot of people in a lot of danger. 
and all over one man's misuse of a suit. Jen is not looking at the ramifications of this, and um, it's crazy to think that I am on Matt Murdock's side here. I want those identities to be protected, at least his identity, you know, as Daredevil. The judge says he's in agreement with Mr. Murdock. Motion to compel discovery is denied. To this, Patilio says, does that mean I don't get a new suit? He takes his suit out, his current suit, and it's completely burned and ripped apart, and he's very disappointed. He's like, look at this thing. All while Jen trying to get him to sit back down, knowing that this doesn't look good for him. Murdoch sniffs, and he says, Mr. Patilio, what kind of fuel did you use in your boosters? He very cockily says, jet fuel, and is very proud of this. Jacobson is, like, just flabbergasted, and he's like, you use jet fuel in your boosters? Because that's not what my instructions said. He immediately says, no, I didn't, and puts the boot down. Murdoch argues that he's lying, and this is all happening in front of the judge. It is not a good look for Patilio or Jen. Yes, we can all tell he's lying, Mr. Murdoch, the judge says. If the plaintiff ignored the manufacturer's explicit instructions, then the defendant is absolved of all liability. I'm dismissing this case, he tells them. Leapfrog says, does this mean I'm going to jail? And Jen says, I would like you to. He goes to Luke and says, I just wanted to apologize. And he says, for daring to question my craftsmanship? Is there any way that we can go back to you being my tailor? She almost begs him. He replies, Jennifer, Jenny, Jen, no, because I hate you now. Jen does have a broken-hearted look on her face after this, and... Patilio in the background is just smiling, which is very annoying. This case went by much faster than he would have expected. Now we're at the bar legal ease, Jen's kind of after work go-to place, and Pedro, the bartender, sets the drink in front of her that is a green apple martini. He says it's from that guy over there, and he points to Matt. She says an apple teeny, cute, and he asks if he can join her. Yes, she tells him sure. He says he wanted to extend a peace offering, and Jen says, Ugh, I hate it when people take the high road. So what's your story, Matt Murdock? from New York, but you flew all the way out here for a product liability case? He just tells her, Luke Jacobson made a couple of new suits for me, so I owed him one. She says it doesn't really look like it, and he says that's a low blow insulting a blind man's clothes. She says, you have your own practice, right? And he says, why, Miss Walters, have you been checking up on me? She replies, yeah, can you blame me? You came out of nowhere, and you made my dumb client admit to being even dumber than I thought he was in court. She asks him how he knew about the jet fuel, and he said a hunch. What is his deal, by the way? And Jen says, I'll give you one guess. It rhymes with rich parents. Oh, I said it. It's rich parents. I wonder how many other non-superhero superheroes are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now trying to be superheroes. And now with access to people like Luke Jacobson who can make them like a legitimate superhero suit with money. Like We, we have like somebody with all the capabilities of Batman trying to be Batman but can't. Um, so we get somebody like Leapfrog. His dad is a very important client, so he is a very important client to me, she says. Matt asks Jen, will you know the expression, one for them, one for us? He says, yeah, and he says, well, I run my practice in Hell's Kitchen, and we mostly do pro bono work, the us part. I do on occasion take a job with a bigger client when the bills start piling up, the them part. She says, wow, the secret double lives of Matt Murdock, how does he do it? Someone who works for them full time, she goes on, I really don't have any gas in the tank for anything else. He replies to her, you say that, but I think you're in a unique position to do some real good. You see, the way I see it, Jen Walters can use the law to help people when society fails them. And She-Hulk can help people when the law fails them. So you can, if you choose, and she finishes the sentence for him, be the best of both worlds. That is so great. I, I feel like he is enlisting her to become a defender right now. Matt takes a phone call, and She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall with us, and she says, We're all just feeling this, right? Not just me. The chemistry between you two? Yeah, I'd say there's quite a lot of chemistry between uh, Jen Walters and Matt Murdock right now. Is this for real? Like, are they going to get together? Are they going to become a superhero couple? 
like immediately, that's that would be something, wouldn't it? She then gets a text from Todd, the guy who calls her a specimen, and says, I have a legal issue I would like to discuss immediately. 8 p.m. at the hoof and floor, he tells her. Matt returns. Jen asks if he wants to get another round, and he says, I'm sorry, I have something that just came up with work. I have to go. He says, totally, I got work, too. Murdoch has a hard time telling her it was really nice meeting her. You can tell he really has a thing for her, too. She gets another text from Todd, the specimen guy, and he says, I was assured that GLKNH was a 24-7 firm. I can call Holloway and ask if that's inaccurate. <laughs> another fourth wall break from her. Just a very quick one. You know, those always work, but she's like, really? Almost like Jim in the office breaking the fourth wall with us, like looking at us after like a really cut type moment. She sits down with him, addressing him as Mr. Phillips, and he corrects her as it's Todd. Um, and she's like, okay, she doesn't want to get that formal with him, you know. Um, so what's the urgent matter that you wanted to discuss with me? He was recently at an auction buying art, and he came across an authentic Wakandan war spear, he tells her. So I, of course, win the auction, a milli, and he, like, brags it to her. <laughs> and he, like, emphasizes again, a million dollars. And she says, I get that. He insists that she has to see it, so he shows her a picture. He says, how cool is that? I own that now. No one is collecting African shit on that level. I love Wakanda. You know, I actually studied abroad there. This guy is definitely on a level of full of shit that, like, he is believing his own shit. He even gives us a Wakanda forever. A nice reference, but I don't think he should be the one delivering it. Even She-Hulk says, that makes me uncomfortable. She asks him, so is there a legal issue with your purchase? And he says, no. Well, okay, they want it back. Because apparently it was stolen by colonizers. But whatever, I mean, I got the receipts, he tells her. Oh my goodness. He's just incredibly awkward, and she try he tries to, like, clink their glasses together with wine, and he calls her babe, and it just doesn't really work out for him. Um, so she pushes him back against the table and says, I'm billing you for the whole hour. Well, because he grabbed her by the hand and said, I could feel it, and I could tell that we're both feeling it. And it's just like, feeling what? I mean, I was feeling it with her and Matt Murdock, but her and you? I mean, dude, you need to get your shit together. Jen gets home, crashes on her couch, only to be awoken immediately by a phone call from the one and only Leapfrog. He says, thank God, Ms. Walters, you gotta help me. I think I'm being attacked. She replies, legally or physically? Definitely physically, but I mean, maybe legally too. And he's being chased in his car at like in like a full speed pursuit. She asks where he is, and he says he's on his way to the lily pad. And she says, is that a place I'm supposed to know? It's his famous secret lair. His window breaks, and he says, I just need to find my friends. Jen sees on her phone that he's close, and she says she'll be there soon. And she goes to her closet to grab a garment bag with Luke's super suit, I'm assuming, slash thinking, slash hoping. And the following scene does confirm that, yes, we do finally get She-Hulk in her super suit in probably what is starting is to be one of the most amazing fight scenes ever. Now Eugene's car speeds up a parking garage ramp as a figure clings to the roof she hulk jumps in front of it dressed in a short-sleeved purple white costume resembling a wrestler singlet she stops the car with her leg the figure gets thrown off but rolled to his feet holding a baton in each hand with his new golden helmet daredevil looks at she hulk and tells her that she needs to back off and waste this outfit she exclaims and then she tells eugene to get out of here as he's leaving he says dope super suit what we're all thinking Daredevil attacks Jen and he says, you're making a mistake. And she says, you made a mistake when you mess with my client. Because now I'm going to whoop your ass, she threatens him. They dodge each other's blows. As Daredevil takes off, she punches the ground. A crack appears beneath him, but he leaps onto a car. My ass remains unwhooped, he taunts her. And she says, let's fix that. As she charges at him, he leaps off the garage. She watches him swing from each level down to another. And he is being extremely acrobatic in this process. Eugene speeds by him, saying his catchphrase, rib it and rip it. And She-Hulk lands in front of him, not flaunting, but in a superhero landing. She did the superhero landing. 
He says, where are you going? We're not done. And he says, we're ve you're very persistent, aren't you, Daredevil, to She-Hulk. She tells him, you're very annoying, and he dodges completely as she grabs at him and races after Eugene. She-Hulk heaves up a car and throws it at him. It lands in front of him, and he lands sideways, falling to his knees. Leapfrog starts to speed away in his car. She-Hulk reaches Daredevil, but he runs off again. As he's running with his back turned, she claps her hands hard and the force sense of flying into a car face first. I don't think she meant for him to get this hurt, but she really needed to stop him. She also didn't know that it was Matt Murdock up to this point, right? She tears off his mask and reveals that it is Matt once she catches up to him. She asks him, do you pretend to be blind, man? Because that's really problematic. He says, relax, I'm blind. I have a spatial method that I use to see. John replies, like, echolocation. And he says, yeah, kind of. It's basically, I have really good hearing. Or at least I did. And he gestures towards his ears after getting smashed into the car by her. She genuinely asks, why were you attacking my client? Leapfrog is the bad guy here, he informs her. He kidnapped Luke Jacobson, and he's holding him hostage. Can you believe it? Why didn't you tell me that before we fought, she asks him. Why didn't you ask me before trying to whip my ass, he asks her. I'm sorry that I assumed the guy dressed as the devil was the bad one. That is a fair point, he agrees. She asks him, are you like a superhero, like the gold devil? Daredevil's theme song plays in the background of this scene, and he's saying, I'm Daredevil. <laughs> like, are you serious? You don't know who I am? She shrugs, and he leans back with an astonished expression. Well, it is very daring to use ketchup and mustard as your color scheme. He tells her, well, if you're done making fun, I need to save my client from your client. She says, okay, let's go. And as they're leaving, Daredevil asks her, have you ever destroyed a parking lot before? And she says, oh, sorry, I'll leave a note. They did really floor that parking garage in that fight. What a fight. What a fight. I didn't expect them to go immediately at it like that. Um, and for such good reason, too. Misinterpretation. Um, you know, it really did sound like Leapfrog was in genuine trouble. You know, you don't, you don't know what that guy could have gotten himself into. But to now know that he kidnapped Luke Jacobson himself, uh, he's clearly gone into bad guy territory. And I don't know if he realizes it yet. They pull up to the lily pad, which is very clearly labeled with giant neon lights in the sky. Uh, this guy's got a little bit of a Tony Stark complex to him. But in his compound, Leapfrog is having Luke Jacobson make him uh, like a suit like in front of him, like on a throne of rocks. And he really did up this facility to make it seem like his own super lair. I'm talking bulletproof shields, fancy AI with a British voice that talks to you. And he also wants poison darts like the tree frogs. As Luke is making the suit, he says, I don't know who told you you could pull off this color, but you should go back to them and shoot them. I know you're just being mean because I kidnapped you, but words hurt man leapfrog tells luke jacobson leapfrog is trying to get his like team together and he's trying to see like a name for them and he's deciding leap squad is probably the best one outside the window uh jen tells daredevil i can't believe this dodo has henchmen actually i can i bet these goons work for his dad daredevil replies now that's where you're wrong goons and henchmen are two completely different animals where henchmen believe in the cause and goons are just there for the paycheck that is an opt analysis from daredevil matt murdoch Jen says, henchmen, goons, whatever. She looks back in the building, and Daredevil says, there are 25 goons in the building, seven below us, eight in the front, and ten in the hallway. Jen asks him how he knows that, and he says he could hear their heartbeats. He replies, that's a little far-fetched. He turns to her and says, I could hear yours too. Yours is beating pretty fast. She disagrees and says, no, it's not. I'm healthy. Walks off, and he follows. Daredevil says he's going to sneak in through the side and take out the goons in the back. It'll take him 15 seconds for each one, so wait here until I've gotten all ten, he tells her. Jen tells him, I'm not going to sit here for a half hour while you pick off goons one by one. I'm a Hulk. How about I just smash our way in? Because they have weapons, Jennifer. And he says, well, good thing She-Hulk is indestructible, Matthew. Already on a first name basis. I love that. He argues that stealth is the way to go. I've done this a million times, he tells her. 
Remind me again of how many times you've broken into a warehouse full of goons, he asks. Remind me again of who has the superpowers here, and she starts pointing to herself. Oh, he reminds her about his echolocation, and he says, just let me do my thing. And she says, yeah, and I'll do my thing. She dances with alternating hops on her front foot and back foot. Matt reminds her that you don't have a thing, you don't ever do this. Just follow my lead, he adds. He flips off the roof's edge, Jen shrugs, and says, okay, that's pretty cool. Inside, two goons argue about what Leapfrog wants to name them, and apparently it's tadpoles, which is just very demeaning to the goons. As one goon gets taken out from above, the others glance around and raise their weapons, which are like miniature crossbow guns. A door in front of them glides open, and then a goon is, uh, is sent flying through it, hitting a wall. As he lies on the floor, Daredevil steps into view. A goon shoots a crossbow, but Daredevil dodges. Daredevil parkours off a wall and throws one of his batons, hitting two goons. He sweeps the legs out from under the third. Goon recovers to attack, but Daredevil punches him back out with his baton. He whips out his baton down the hall like the extendable one, and it knocks the final goon down. He's on his walkie-talkie, trying to get back up at the rear entrance, and Leapfrog is telling him, Tadpole 5, repeat. Daredevil strikes him down, but just as he does on the walkie-talkie, we find out that backup is on the way. As five more goons arrive, Daredevil faces them in a fighting stance. Two goons wield crossbows, another wields a tire iron, and the fourth holds a crowbar. The fifth spins a hook on a chain. These guys are all trying to keep it kind of original here. <laughs> She-Hulk drops through the ceiling, knocking them all over. She-Hulk smash, she tells him. Daredevil actually face palms. Meanwhile, Eugene, Luke, and more goons look toward the commotion. As the goons hurry to help, Eugene dons his leapfrog costume. A section of wall breaks open and She-Hulk steps through with Daredevil by her side. More hench goons, she says, as she lifts up an arcade machine and drops it and breaks it. How about we don't, she tells them. Leapfrog screams out at her, that's vintage. As goons attack, she and Daredevil take them out. Miss Walters, what are you doing? You're supposed to be helping me, Leapfrog asks Jen. I am helping you, she tells him. I'm stopping you from getting into even more trouble. She tears off the electrical cord, binding Luke to his chair, and tells him to go call the police. Meanwhile, in the background, Daredevil is just kicking ass and taking names. Luke tells Jennifer not to yell at him because he's already very stressed out, and he hurries off. Eugene, let me give you some legal advice. Stop now before you rack up even more serious charges, she tells him. Legally speaking, we could say this is an episode of Mania. Daredevil cuts her off and says temporary insanity is murky but not a bad strategy. As he's taking out the goons in the background still while this is happening, I'd angle this more as a form of traumatic expression due to undiagnosed PTSD. He's kicking a goon's ass as he's telling her this. The devil ninja guy, he's a lawyer, Leapfrog asks. No, I'm just a big fan of legal dramas as he roundhouse kicks another goon. Jen breaks the fourth wall to tell us that this guy is really kind of doing it for her. As she's smiling at us, a goon hits her with a bat and she doesn't even flinch. It's sad that you thought that would work. Leapfrog backs away kind of cautiously at this point. Daredevil kicks like probably the final goon into the water and Leapfrog retreats. He says ribbit and rip it one more time and leaps out of the window to no avail. Like the next scene is all the cop cars showed up there. Like he is completely screwed. Outside Luke and She-Hulk make a deal that Luke will make her gala dress after all. To which She-Hulk is ecstatic. He tells her try not to get too bloated between now and then. And she says great to be strained professional acquaintances again as he walks away. On the roof of the lily pad under the neon lights Jen and Daredevil have a seat together. She asks him if he's going to give a statement to the cops, and he replies, I'm not really a stick around and talk to the cops kind of guy. So brooding, she says. He replies, more of a secret identity thing. You wouldn't understand. She says, thanks for your help with all of this. He nudges her shoulder and says, thanks for your help. And she says, no, you're the one who helped me. He disagrees and says, no, I was the lead superhero on all this. And she says, no, you were the guy who wanted to spend half an hour picking off each goon one by one. 
He says, you were the woman who caused excessive property damage. And you still can't get that math right. She asks him kind of hesitantly, when is he heading to New York? He says, maybe next time I'm in town, I could take you out to dinner. And she says, or maybe we could skip all that. And it cuts to them jumping into Jen's apartment, making out. It's actually happening. I don't believe it. They're, they're hooking up in the first episode that they meet. The culmination of both of their super suits are on the floor as it's actually happening. And good for them. I think they're really great for each other. The next morning, we see a woman walking her dog past Jen's building and Daredevil wearing no shoes, passing her <laughs> in the opposite direction, having a total walk of shame moment. Jen walks into the living room and spots us and she says, it's weird, you guys are still here? Doesn't it feel like this episode should already be over? And I'm thinking, yeah, maybe. Not that I'm not thrilled to still be here. Nikki walks in with a garment bag and she says, why didn't you answer any of my calls? I thought you were dead. I had to break and enter. By the way, there's some guy outside dressed in a devil's costume and he's doing the walk of shame. At which point she pieces together, oh, you did with the, got it. But oh, all right, and we're happy. And she says, we're happy. She then turns to us and says, seriously, what is this scene? This episode already came to a very satisfying conclusion. Trust me. Nikki pops out and she says, we got to do your hair and makeup. And where's the gown from Luke? For the gala, Jen says, we're doing the gala. That doesn't sound right. She's so self-aware in this scene. Is next episode the finale, she asks? Yes, it is, Jen. It is. Nikki pops in and says, come on, let's go. I don't think her friends see her breaking the fourth wall. She realizes, oh, just like a tacked on set piece near the end of the season. This is the big twist, isn't it? But the question is, is it the kind of twist that's like, there's another Hulk, but this one's red? Or like, I'm getting fridged, she says. Nikki holds up makeup brushes and says, we gotta make you look amazing. Jen looks back to us one more time and says, whatever, I'm game the gala on a big red carpet all the reporters are there everyone's there waiting for her it's a very very big event as we can see she hulk steps out of the suv wearing a glittering silver dress she poses for cameras for pictures and twirls her hair she's taking it all in definitely being on the red carpet nikki follows her in the venue's lobby jen approaches her parents who are there and super excited for her her mom asks why didn't she bring a jacket what if she gets cold typical mom stuff she can wear mine elaine her dad says and we are so proud of you i don't know if, if she's gonna fit in his jacket normal sized which is exactly what uh, her mom says the <laughs> hulk waves at holloway but she realizes that he is talking to todd the guy who called her a specimen that's like my number one memory about this guy in this episode he actually tried to kiss her um, on the hand so a lot of reasons alone not to like todd educated accomplished beautiful and doing everything regular lawyers do except backwards the announcer says and in high heels this year's female lawyer of the year award goes to jennifer she hulk walters and then he announces like five other lawyers including mallory brooke who also are getting female lawyer of the year what a weird way to introduce that the announcer asks the group, now tell us, what's it like being a female lawyer? Mallory's reply is twice the work, half the recognition, and you're constantly getting asked, what's it like being a female lawyer? Pug and Nikki snap for her at the table. Jen says, yeah, I'd actually like to take this time to thank my parents and my friends and my esteemed colleagues, without whom I wouldn't be here today. And then the background changes to the little picture of the guy from Intelligentsia. A voice over the intercom asks, do you want to see who She-Hulk really is? Jen reminds them that her identity is not a secret. Two guys in masks appear on the screen and they say, This is the truth presented by Intelligentsia. She-Hulk does not deserve your attention. She does not deserve your praise. She doesn't deserve the power that she stole from the Hulk, they say. And they call her a terrible name, which I won't repeat. Even though it's just a show, I'm not going to repeat it, like, word for word. It's stupid. Because she's not, and the way they do this is it gets you very mad as an audience member, and you're really on Jen's side, um, because Jen loses it at this apparently josh recorded everything that happened between her and jen and they play it on this like 
on the screen in front of everyone. And the problem is Jen's reaction to it as a Hulk. Like, she loses it and goes full Hulk on the screen. And the whole room begins to panic and have, like, Hulk PTSD from when the Hulk destroyed cities and uh, Sokovia and all that. Um, there are a lot of bad memories with the actual Hulk and what he did um, in times of, like, complete rage. As she punches the screen, sparks fly. She tears down panels that make up the whole screen, and it collapses. Red lights flash, and guests flee the area. Her eyes are filled with fury, and she sees Holloway running away in the distance. She spots a masked man in the corner recording her on his phone. She charges after him, and he takes off. She smashes through the wall to get outside, and she picks him up by the collar when she realizes that men in tactical gear are aiming weapons at her. You wonder if she has full control here, because she's going almost full Hulk and she's like growling at the guys with the guns. She breaks the fourth wall one more time to look at us shocked. Like, oh, this is what's happening to me right now. I can't believe this. Um, neither can we. Neither can we. So I don't know what their plan is, um, these intelligentsia guys, to go further with Jen, but uh, they got a really good here. With my barking dog in the background, I'm going to go over a few comments from reddit.com slash marvelstudios on their post-episode discussion. Uh, the real May 99 uh, reminds us of the quote, May I remind you that the Sokovia Accords have been repealed. That's a hell of a piece of an info drop like that. It absolutely is a huge info drop. Um, Daredevil and Hallway Scenes name a more iconic duo, says I came from the internet. KMC39 says the theme, they played the theme, meaning the Daredevil theme. Yes, uh, that was really good. Gorilla Pete says they gave him a hallway scene and then She-Hulk crashed the party. Raka Limon says she needed to make sure she, the show didn't go over the runtime. Plus, she had other ideas for what he could do with his evening. C. Beckel 3618 says for what was the most part a lighter episode, that ending got dark fast. Yes, it indeed did. And I'm hoping next week there's some justice served to Intelligentsia and whoever's running that site. And that's all this week from our Marvel Studios. Reddit.com slash r slash Marvel Studios. Go there for your post-episode discussions and for a lot more. What did you think of this week's episode of She-Hulk, Ribbit and Rip It? I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought Daredevil was so well done. And I'm super excited to have had him on the show. And it makes me really, really pumped for uh, the Disney Plus series Daredevil Born Again, which is coming out, I believe, sometime next year or the following year. Um, it shouldn't be too long. I think it's next year at some point. MarvelManiacPod at gmail.com with your thoughts. Let's hear them. I'll read them on the show as long as they're appropriate. I like that she brought up Red Hulk. Like, is there going to be a version of Red Hulk next week? Um, just because she said it, I don't know. I feel like the fact that she said it kind of makes it a thing that's not going to happen this season, at least. Um, but I really like how self-aware she was at the end of this episode, kind of informing us that something big is about to happen indeed. And then they had to one-up that with something big actually happening, um, which I thought was really well done. And Jen isn't completely... Um, invincible to becoming her own raging green monster of her own. Um, she needs to keep her emotions in check and that group is trying to at least if anything expose uh, her feelings and get her angry. We will be back next week for the season finale of She-Hulk Attorney at Law episode 9. Uh, we haven't had a season run this long since WandaVision from what I know and it's been a hell of a time going over this season with you. If you'd like to support the show, it would be at patreon.com slash marvelmaniac. I am Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest, your host, and until next time, Avengers, disassemble.